Hey, music, you're missing listeners. Get ready for a fantastic treat because today's guest, the founder of In Between Days Music Festival, Alex Magleby, has something special for you. Free tickets to the festival. Picture this, an incredible lineup featuring Lord Huron, Cautious Clay, Modest Mouse, Trampled by Turtles, and more, all set to rock the stage at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy, Massachusetts on August 19th and 20th. Now, here's your chance to score a pair of tickets. The first five people to DM us on Instagram at Music You're Missing with the code word MYM at IBD will win these awesome passes to the show. Again, that's MYM at IBD. So don't wait. Grab your phone and DM us now for a chance to be a part of the best weekend of the summer. Welcome to Music Industry Experts, a special episode of Music You're Missing. I'm your host, Brendan Gennetti. Today, we have a really fascinating guest with us, Alex Magleby, co-founder and CEO of the New England Free Jacks. You might be wondering, what does a rugby guy know about music? Well, quite a lot, as Alex has seamlessly integrated live performances into every Free Jacks match at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy, Massachusetts. But that's not all. Alex is also the founder of the In Between Days Music Festival, a vibrant music and arts festival held at the Free Jacks Stadium in Quincy. Approaching its second year, the festival boasts a truly impressive lineup featuring artists such as Lord Huron, Modest Mouse, Cautious Clay, Trampled by Turtles, and more. Alex Magleby will be calling in to discuss his ventures in the music industry, this year's In Between Days Festival, and offer valuable advice to independent artists. Before we get him on the line, you've listened to podcasts before, you know the drill. Welcome to Music You're Missing, an interview-style podcast featuring artists ranging from those just starting out to signed. All the artists featured on the show have their music highlighted on the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist, so head there now to discover your new favorite song. While you're at it, we'd love it if you could rate Music You're Missing five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. It may sound cliche, but the more five-star reviews we get, the higher likelihood our episodes get playlisted, which means more exposure for the incredible guests we feature. And finally, to stay updated with all things Music You're Missing, follow us on Instagram at Music You're Missing. Now, I promise that's all for me. Without further ado, let's welcome our guests, Co-founder and CEO of the New England Free Jacks and founder of the In Between Days Music Festival, Alex Magleby to the Music You're Missing podcast. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's a pleasure to have you here. Before I dive into the exciting world of the In Between Days Music Festival, I definitely want to talk to you a little bit about your role as the co-founder and CEO of the New England Free Jacks, which is the professional rugby team here in Quincy, Massachusetts. So can you tell me what inspired you to start the team and, and how you ended up choosing Quincy of all places? Yeah, first, great to be on today. It's awesome to to connect and, and be able to talk entertainment, music, really, and, and sport. I think if you look at what rugby has meant to us as the owners in our community, it's just an awesome game to bring community together. And so when we set out in 2018 to say, listen, there's probably a different way, no judgment on everything else, but to bring community together through sports and music uh, where you can bring your kids, but you can also bring your old college buddies and you can bring you know, your friends and family and have a great time, be safe and just have an awesome, awesome experience. And we felt that I'd been involved in rugby most of my life, uh, you know, with the U.S. and a whole host of other things, that there was kind of the missing piece in the sports entertainment landscape. Uh, there's a great history of amateur rugby in New England, uh, but the the professional game really hasn't existed in the United States. And a lot of people haven't been exposed to it when they do. They're like, wow, that's a visceral game. You can really get into it emotionally. Um, and so in 2018, we set out to create the Free Jacks and be a part of growing the game in the United States. But the primary reasoning behind that is just to 
to bring community together. And we thought that that was a great vehicle to do so. Definitely. So did you have your work cut out for you when you started or did you, was there already a, a rugby following here in Quincy? Yeah. So great question. So it's one of the, you know, great global games. It is the, it is the global contact game. And most people's experience with rugby in the United States has either been, they saw it on a college campus and it was more like a fraternity or they were traveling abroad and they saw it or they saw the all blacks do the haka. And that's kind of their experience of, of rugby. The reality is rugby itself as a game is something that has existed in the United States forever. Um, it just really hasn't had that scholastic model. And that's changed over the last 10 years where you can you can learn the game as a kid. You can play in high school and you can get into college because you're good at that and you're a good student, right? And then mm -hmm. now you can play in the Olympics, uh, which is very cool. And you can get professional contracts, which is also very cool. Um, and so, yeah, the, the hard part is the audience. The game itself, once people get in front of it, it is really compelling. And that's the rules are the same for women as they are for men, Um Everybody gets to run with the ball. Everybody gets to be a decision maker. Everybody has to tackle. Everybody has to commit physically to the game, which is really cool. So it's a very democratizing game in and of itself. But getting people to experience that is the hard part, right? You got to build an audience and building an yeah. audience takes a lot of patience um, uh, and time and resource for sure. And so, no, we've worked really hard for the last five years to kind of share our community. And what's really cool to see is that it, it grows exponentially every time. And that's, that's the awesome part. The free Jacks matches have of course caught many's attention for the thrilling rugby, but also for the unique incorporation of musical performances. That's how I found out about them. You have had theme nights like yacht rock night and performances from talented bands like old crow medicine show. And that's definitely elevated the match experience. So can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind merging music with rugby matches? Yeah, there's probably there's probably two pieces to that. There's three pieces. One is probably more selfish. If if I'm going to commit to a day of of hanging out, whether that's with my family or with again with old college buddies, what what is that day want? What do, what do I want in that day? Mm -hmm. And that's really good food. That's affordable. That's you know really good craft beer. That's affordable. Um, that's this amazing sport on the field. That's highly dramatic awesome and then that's listening to really good music right whether that's the nostalgia piece to it or it's up and coming um or it's just awesome music either way that is a perfect day so selfishly that's kind of like one box um beyond that it's rugby in itself is not going to sell because people don't know it it's not going to be like oh come come check out the rugby and, and this has been the issue probably with rugby in the united states people who are into it are really diehard about it they ask their buddy come watch the game with me they're like i'm not into it yeah they don't really know it, but if you can say, well, come to the Frosé and Fromage Fest as part of Yacht Rock, and you can see Orleans after, they're like, oh, that, that sounds fun. At least, very least, I can do that, or I can go to the International Beer Fest, and I can see Crash Test Dummies. Okay, cool. So I have something that I can anchor around that's outside of the rugby, and then what we find is a lot of those people then come, and they're like, yeah, amazing festival experience, love that, love the music, love the beer fest, but now I love rugby too. Mm -hmm. and that, So that's an, that's an awesome piece to it. Um, and then beyond that, I think music like sport and like good food is this thing that brings people together. Um, and that's really magical. And so for us, if you go back to the core of what we're, why we're doing this in the first place, that's music is a, is a key component to bringing community together. And this is the unconventional thing, correct? There, there aren't many other rugby teams that are doing this. No. Yeah. I mean, you hear in sports, you know, every once in a while people combine a, a, a band or something and that's, that's not a new 
endeavor. It's probably the combination between all three of those pieces. Um, you know, I'd say probably four as well, because we do a lot of community events leading up to during the day that there's kids rugby or some other sport being played, but or marching bands, showcases. But then everybody gets to partake in this great kind of foodie festival type vibe, watch great rugby, and then listen to great music. All we also have a you know a brass band that's the Free mm-hmm. Jacks brass band, you know, by the Rubin brothers, and they're awesome and they're up in the tailgating lots and you can smell the barbecue everywhere, and then people come in and there's fireworks and it's just a really cool overall feel. I think that package is something that's really, really compelling and it's accessible still. It's you can come on the red line, you can walk, you know, five minutes off of public transportation. There's free parking. You can buy a five dollar beer if you want. Like it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility and nothing against, you know, the big sports in the United States. They're awesome and those experiences are fantastic. But literally it was at the Red Sox game the other day and it was twenty two dollars for for a beer. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's not it's not something that you can repeat across a lot of different uh, socioeconomic levels on a consistent basis. And for us, that's really important is that yeah. accessibility piece. I mean, that's, that's something that's, that's really huge too. Cause you talked about accessibility and that, you know, supersedes a cheap beer. It, it truly is accessible from a, a public transportation standpoint. And the free parking is, is really huge because those are, are little costs to some, but, but huge costs that actually, you know, prohibit people from actually making the game because they can't even afford to get there. Um, so that's, that's really cool that, that you're doing it that way. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, we 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 definitely it's magic. Actually, I think that's the. It's really cool to see people experience it for the first time, and then the game ends. They're walking out on the field where the they just saw basically these gladiators playing, and now they're shaking hands with them, and they're that's a huge part of the accessibility. I mean, they're just good people, and you know they're hanging out with the opposition, and they have a meal together. That's a very that's a very rugby tradition. Break bread together after the match. And then they're listening to great music and kids are running around kicking the ball and, you know, parents are dancing with their, you know, it's just really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I, w- I would love to pivot a bit and, and talk about In Between Days Music Festival. It was such a memorable time and it, I was there personally and it featured performances from some of my favorites like Hippocampus and Manchester Orchestra, among others. Um, before I dive into the actual festival and its very curated vibe, I'm curious to know what led you to launch the initial in between days. Yeah, so so for us, you know, if it's really about community, right? And rugby is only giving us eight to nine days like that of, of the year, mm-hmm. right? What else can we do throughout the year to continue that thread? where we bring people together to have a better experience than they otherwise would have because they're all together and they're celebrating something awesome. And so last year we kind of run that beta test with the festival to say, is this something that, that we can do and we can grow and will this deliver that mission? Will this bring people together that otherwise wouldn't be coming together and have a great experience? And can we make that accessible? And so that was the impetus for, for in between days and perhaps other things like that in the future is how do we continue to do that with more people, right? And so we, at that venue, Veterans Memorial Stadium is amazing, built in you know, WPA, Depression era, 1937, but it's gorgeous old history and heritage. And then it's been you know, rebuilt and redone over the last few years. So you've got kind of all the modern amenities in this really cool area surrounded by Marymount Park, which is just gorgeous. And you're, you're close to the, to the water as well. 
And so trying to figure out how to then utilize that space to the best of its ability. And so we we're kind of looking at that and then that kind of put us into that August window and then, you know, it just went from there. I know it has kind of an interesting backstory, the the origin of the festival's name. Yeah. So whenever you're, you're sitting down to create a brand, I think our team does a really good job of brand creation. And you look at the different festivals and the different things like right now we're noodling on one for for next one of the free jacks festivals that would you know be around kind of metal and metal and malls and be really cool you can get like a winger there or something but anyway but it's really fun to, to kind of be in that creative space with our team because they're brilliant and as we were kind of thinking about okay what is our vibe going to be and and who's this going to work for and how is it really going to bring people together when you look at that august window you haven't quite started school yet, or your kids aren't back at school, or you're not back at university, but you may have been done with your summer job, or you're back from camp, or you're back from traveling, and you're kind of in this, like that peak before that middle that middle space before the sun sets, but it's still warm, but fall hasn't started. Yeah, you know, kind of like you haven't got into it, so it's kind of that that whole vibe. And then, so what are what are what? How do we describe that? And really, that's in between days. You know, it's it's like this this moment that's not quite full-blown peak summer at the beach or the lake and not quite, you know, into the fall and getting ready for the craziness of the work year and all those kind of things. So it's kind of like to, to capture that feeling, whether you're seeing good friends for the first time all summer, um, before, before school starts, um, or you're coming back and you're getting ready for kind of everything to happen. So, that, that, that was kind of the feeling. And then as we're going to, down that route, obviously it's a great song by The Cure and The Cure for a lot of our team are, are, are amazing. And so it kind of fit into to, to what we were trying to accomplish. That's really such an interesting idea to dive into. But before we started recording, I was telling my producer, I just got back from Cape Cod and I was like, I'm just trying to live like the rest of the summer, just a little bit less intensely. Like I'm not ready to go to bed at 8 PM yeah. every single day, but maybe some days. Um, and I think that's kind of where I am. I'm, I'm in yeah. between days myself yeah. right now. hundred percent. And it's kind of a play on words, you know, we're an independent music festival. So it plays on that a little bit. Um, you know, the in between, we've got a lot of great local flavor to the brand. And that's really important to us is that, there's opportunities for some quality local bands that may otherwise haven't yet had that opportunity. And you combine them with these great kind of world class known bands. And it's kind of, that's, it's kind of this in between staging as well. So it's mm-hmm. like, again, another opportunity to play on, play on words there. Yeah, for sure. And I mentioned the overall branding and just the like very detailed curation of last year's festival. They were just spot on. Um, and it really created like a unique experience. I had people because we gave away tickets to the show and I had people messaging me being like, oh, like the branding of this is cool. I'm like, when's the last time a a consumer has like acknowledged the branding of something? (laughs) And that, that's a very true story. Um, If you're, if you're around in like the seventies, you, you, you connect it to the rainbow. What was the the store called or whatever? Um, But it definitely, it's just that kind of connection between you you go to the beach, you got, it's, it's awesome. And Ollie Gilpin, who's our creative director, does an unbelievable job. And it's a cool story because he's not just doing it digitally. He'll actually create it by hand and press it with wood blocks and then he'll digitize it. And it's really cool. He's a mastermind. Um, Yeah. But this year with headliners like Lord Huron and Modest Mouths, and it's two days now, it it seems like the bar has been raised even higher. So uh, I'm kind of curious, 
can you shed some light on the process of curating the musical acts for this festival? Because they do kind of fall in a similar vibe. I don't even want to say similar genre, but they have a similar vibe. Like what were the key factors you considered when selecting the performers? Yeah. And so last year's group was awesome, but that was kind of that one day experience and it's definitely that indie rock feel um, for sure. And it was kind of like, how do you package that where it's a, it's a diverse group, a diverse group of sounds really, Mm -hmm. but it kind of culminates as the, as the day goes on It gives something for everybody. And we said, okay, knowing that we can do this now, how do we ensure that we do that for more audiences, but all kind of thematically aligned to that kind of indie vibe. And, you know, going back to what we talked about that, making sure we have a really heavy local presence, New England presence, uh, but that we can kind of bring in all parts of kind of that, for lack of a better term, indie umbrella scene, um, you know, and so that you see the juxtaposition there of like a trampled by turtles, kind of more indie folk. Um, and again, I don't want to categorize, I don't want to put them in that categorization, but some people are going to be super excited mm-hmm. on, on day two to see Trampled versus some people are going to want it su- super excited to see Fantagram, which is kind of on the on the other side of the spectrum of, of the indie space um, and both awesome, but in just different ways. Um, and I think that's the process we go through. And then it's like, who are the who are the bands that people may not know yet, but are going to be super awesome? And, you know, and I think we have a handful of those as well that. You know, probably last year people would have been like, Who, "Who's Yolklore?" You know, and now Yolklore's yeah. you know got four million Spotify listeners a month. You know, and is just doing awesome, creating awesome music. And there's a bunch of those. And people probably last year this time kind of started to know Cautious Clay, and um, he was he was starting to get some really good listens. And the the, the work he's created over the last year has been awesome. Um, and there's you know the Beths, you know certainly are another great band like that, where people haven't yet maybe had a chance to really dig in and see them live. Um, but also then with other great bands that they love, right? So I think that's a it's a pretty cool process we go through. We have a really good music uh, talent buying group. I think that's probably the I don't like the the way that that is described talent buying, but it's yeah. they're awesome at what they do, and um, we work really hard on that. And we're going through that process right now for all of our concert series next year, and it's super fun. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mentioned that it's it's now two days this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, what did we learn from the inaugural in-between days that we're, we're taking with us this year? Yeah, so you don't want to get too big too fast, right? Because then mm-hmm. suddenly you, you're, you're creating an experience that you can't actually control. And last year, it was the right size for where we were. You know, had we doubled the crowd, tripled the crowd, commercially, that's great. But that's not great for creating a long-term brand because we couldn't necessarily have served. I would say we were stretched last year and what we could serve for for the fans at that mm-hmm. time. And so it's, okay, great. Now what is it going to take to resource and make sure the experience is something that is world-class for everybody who shows up? And this year, I mean, the layout, the map should be coming out soon, but it's going to be a massive shade tent covering the middle of the field. And the staging, now you got the two big stages. And there's a there's a sober safe space which is really cool. The VIP is now like connected to the staging and um, the the vintage part of it. You know, last year we curated like a small little setup, but now that's you know you got 40 vendors and in that wow. marketplace and the arcade grows and the quality and quantity of food choices and the dynamic of that. You know, where it's okay. Clearly, that's the vegan one, and clearly that's 
the tacos and, you know, it's craft that's local, um, which is really cool. So that gives us a chance to do that. And so this year I was like, hey, we can do that over two days. And then what is that going to look like? And probably how do we continue to grow this safely so that we can learn to provide the best experience possible? Um, so maybe next year it's three days. Um, wow. You know, in time, <laughs> you know, in 10 years from now, maybe this situation where we're just, we're able to bring in a lot more community because there is a underlying film festival um, there's other pieces in the in the local art scene that we can bring to bear that gives people an opportunity locally to combine with you know globally well-known artists that then become even more special right and so and and more people can then access that so I think that's the the overall playbook um the challenge is on us to execute that on kind of a year-to-year basis uh, and that's also the fun part too is, I'm super excited for this year's festival. Like it, ha- it could happen today, and it would be magic. So, and we got three more weeks to continue to ramp it up. Well, I I really appreciate the honesty and and sharing what you've learned. It seems like you definitely have a growth mindset for the festival. Which, as a festival goer myself, that's really exciting to see how it continues to evolve. Um, something that caught my attention last year, though, is I saw that you already had booked two days for the festival. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious, how did you know that you were going to be able to do that without even having thrown the first one? Yeah, I'd say right now I know that next year we're going to have three, at least three days. Wow. Right? Yeah. So I think it's that's just a, that is a, um, a progression that we see in our ability to grow. And if we can do this right this year, then that's the next step where we can resource a third day and we can have um, uh, the right operations in place to make sure we can deliver on that that it works well for the city and all those other pieces and it works most importantly for for the fans um and that that is that that's cool to me that's really cool and so last year was like okay we're going to test the one day and but knowing that we want this to be a, a an event that is not jamming people in every day but is intimate every day and so the only way to then grow that is to have more of those intimate days if that mm. makes sense Wow. That, that's super exciting. And I, I know you had, had mentioned as well that you do proudly serve independent artists, um, obviously with the intention of, of getting them exposed. So just from, from their point of view, I'm wondering if you can share some insight how an independent artist can go about making strides to get booked at a festival like In Between Days or, or other local music festivals. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of we have we're we're very lucky in the New England area. There's a lot of great artists, and there's a lot that come out every year. And I just think that probably there hasn't been as many opportunities in the past for those artists to play live. I think maybe hopefully that that's changing back to what it had been. Um, so if we can be at least one opportunity for uh, the local community to do so. I think getting in front of us in terms of, you know, our, our buying talent, reaching out, we've had a lot of bands reach out. In fact, there's a couple on uh, the list this year that attended last year um, and who are evangelists for the festival last year. You know, I think we had a lot of support and they just came out with a great album like Paper Tigers and they were there and being awesome and supporting the idea of the concept from the very beginning. And now they're going to rip on stage, uh, which is going to be so cool. And so that was awesome. I think that was a relationship that was built even before last year. And now they continue to grow. And um, and that's really awesome to see. You know, they're going to be playing on the same day as Modest Mouse and Sunday Day Real Estate. And that's just awesome uh, and well-deserved. And so I think just those those conversations over any medium um, 
whether that's social media or in person, you know, a lot of our team, they're, they're out and about in the music community every day, uh, doing good work. Um, and obviously anybody can reach out to me and I can connect them with the right people for sure. So interesting to hear. They should, they should not be afraid to, to reach out. Literally. I hung out with paper tigers, like half of, half of the festival last year, just <laughs> listening to good music together. And I was, was awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, and I, I guess another question going off that, because most of our listeners are independent artists, is what should they include? If, if they're sending an email, I, I'm, from my experience, you know, I'll get like a link to a song, but I'm getting like a million links to songs every single day. So how can someone stand out, um, would you say? Yeah. And so when I'm working with our, our talent team, um, I will, you will create a database. This is, this is just me mm-hmm. um, to not only, okay, what, what does it look like? What is their music right now? Like, so, okay, so you have links to where they are currently or where they have been musically. Like, what is that? And I'm not a music expert, but just for me as a consumer to understand that is probably really important. And that's where my voice is probably really important is probably more on the listener side. I'm a consumer of music as opposed to the curator really, but then I'll really dive into the numbers as well. Okay, how engaged are they over social media? Um, How are they currently supporting other endeavors that they're doing? Mm -hmm. Whether that's um, other festivals they're partaking in or what nonprofits are they really interested in and supporting? Um, Not so much that what the nonprofit is, but what are they doing in that regard? What is their, you know, listener component look like? Um, is it a? Do they, are they attracting a demographic that will actually work in the middle of August um, on the South Shore? You know, only eight miles from downtown. But is that? Are, are they hyper focused on that kind of high school um, age? Are they? Is it? Are their listeners? You know, twenty somethings, and that's you know, or sixty somethings, whatever it may be. But it's just important to know that, and then you can say, okay, as we curate a festival, we're ensuring that we're getting um, a diverse set of demographics involved. That's super helpful. I think our, our listeners are definitely going to appreciate that. So something that caught my attention this year about In Between Days Music Festival is your decision to sell tickets at a flat rate with no associated fees. This is a super refreshing approach to ticketing. Can you elaborate on the reasoning behind the decision and how it aligns with the festival's overall vision? Yeah, I think our team just felt like it wasn't just fully transparent, right? Everybody's been through that experience and you know, I'm not going to throw anybody else under under the the bus here, but it's just, you'll go to, you'll buy a ticket, you know, at a music event and then suddenly there's this massive fee on top of it that sometimes seems as, as much as the ticket itself was. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a matter of just saying, listen, this is what we're charging in totality. And yes, a lot of the times those ticket fees go on to a third party, we're still paying a third party to run the ticketing platform. They're just included in the overall package. And so it's what you see is what you get. Right. And I guess that's going back to that accessibility option and just saying, this is it. This is not, we're not going to take you all the way down this process. And at the very end, we're going to add another 20% on top of it. It's like, this is, this is it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, hopefully people recognize that that is, they appreciate that, that it, we're trying to be as transparent as we possibly can be given the craziness of this business. Alex, this has been a wonderful conversation so far. I really appreciate all your insight. But before we conclude, I do like to wrap up every episode with with this question. Um, what are some goals that you have in the near future, both personally and professionally? Yeah, I think in many ways they're one and the same. And there's a lot of ways to be in this world. And But when we decided in 2018 to say, this is what we're going to dedicate the rest of our life to. This is what we want to do. It's what I want to do. 
um, I want to bring communities together where people are having a great and amazing time in in live experiences. And mm-hmm. you know, capturing that digitally is 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 great, but really that's just only to get people to have those experiences. And you know, obviously rugby is a big component of that. Just the value system and everything else it has. Music is a massive component of that, um, and that's what we're trying to do. So, if if you said in five years from now, what does that look like? We will have exponentially given those opportunities to more and more people, um, and th- and that is that makes me really happy and makes me want to tear up because that's that's what this whole thing is, and that's what we've worked so hard for over the last geez, five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you said five years from now, what does that look like? And there would be exponentially more opportunities like that where we don't lose the feel of, of it as we get more and more of these things or it becomes more scalable, that it's still very intimate um, and fun. It seems like we've got some some very selfless endeavors going on. I really appreciate that. But it's the most selfish thing because it's like, that's what I want to experience. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? So it's like, that's the the irony of it. Is I want to be there with friends I haven't met yet and have that experience. So I mean, there is a massive selfish component to it as well. Well, Alex Magleby, I really appreciate your time. Brendan, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you much. I appreciate it. You all have a great weekend. <laughs>